Today's text is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 33. I'm going to kind of do chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount in reverse order. So we're going to kind of go to the end and then work our way back up the chapter a little bit. But today I want us to talk about something that I believe is very important. I, I think this is sort of the uh, central, um, kind of the, the peak, the apex of the Sermon on the Mount uh, and we want to look at that together. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not? of more value than they. And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like, the, like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, we, we ask now that your spirit would soften our hearts and give us ears to hear, that we may hear your words of comfort to us and free us from the anxieties of life. Free us to live without fear. Free us to give ourselves freely because we know that you will take care of us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. In 1979, um, a passenger jet carrying 227 passengers and 30 crew members, 257 people in total, left New Zealand. New Zealand, where the Lord of the Rings was filmed in the very south hemisphere, left New Zealand for a sightseeing flight to Antarctica and back. Unknown to the pilots, however, there was a minor two-degree error, two degrees, Two degrees, tiny. There was a two-degree error in inputting the flight coordinates. This placed the aircraft 28 miles east of where the pilots thought they were. As they approached Antarctica, the pilots descended to a lower altitude to give the passengers a better look at the landscape. And although both pilots were experienced, neither had made this particular flight before. They had no way of knowing that the incorrect coordinates, just off by two degrees, had placed them directly in the path of Mount Erebus, an active volcano that rises from the frozen landscape to a height of more than 12,000 feet. 
Sadly, the pilots realized this too late, and the plane crashed into the side of the volcano, killing everyone on board. It was a tragedy brought on by a minor error in trajectory, a few degrees. A few degrees matter. The Sermon on the Mount, when it is all and said and done, all of our life when it's all said and done, is really about the trajectory of our hearts. A few verses before today's passage, in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus reminds us where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Like a compass that points towards the magnetic north, God created our hearts to point towards what we treasure. Our hearts are designed by God to point, to set our life's trajectory toward what we treasure. James K. Smith philosophy professor at Calvin University, makes this very observation in a book called You Are What You Love, The Power, The Spiritual Power of Habit. And in it he writes, our wants and longings and desires are at the core of our identity. Hear this. He's, he makes the assertion that our wants and our longings and our desires are at the core of identity. It's not our job, it's not your skill set, it's not your intellect, it's not your ethnic race, it's our longings and wants and desires that are at the core of our identity. The wellspring from which our actions and behavior flow. And Jesus is very much aware that where our heart is pointing toward, we our lives will pursue. Our habits, our decisions, what we do with our time and resources, they all flow from the heart, and the heart chases what it treasures. As one scholar observed, our goals can often become our gods. Sermon on the Mount is about this trajectory of your heart. Your heart has a trajectory. Your life has a trajectory. You may not be aware of it. You may not be conscious of it all the time. But your life is flowing. It is, a, it is on a course. And your heart is what sets it towards what it is, where it is going. And Jesus tells us in verse 33... The central theme of what it means to be part of the kingdom of God. He tells us in verse 33, but strive, or more classically, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, the goal that God desires for us, what God wants for you and for me, is to align our hearts with God's heart is to align our vision with God's vision. Once again, let me quote James K. Smith. Quote, Jesus' command to follow him, 
that is to be a Christian, to be a disciple. Jesus' command to follow him is a command to align our loves and our longings with his, to want what God wants, to desire what God desires, to hunger and thirst after God and crave a world where he is all and in all, a vision encapsulated by the shorthand, the kingdom of God. This is God's desire for our lives. This is what God wants our hearts to treasure and pursue. But it is so easy, so easy for our hearts to get off trajectory. It is so easy for us to veer a degree or two from the course that God desires for us. In verse 25, Jesus reminds us how we can veer from what God has planned for us. And one of the ways is we begin to worry about the things of life. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus warns us that one of the ways that we can veer from treasuring God and aligning our hearts with God's is that we can become obsessed, so we can become anxious, or we can become consumed with worry about taking care of ourselves. Now, I want to make sure we understand that Jesus is not belittling the pressures we face in life. Life is hard. It doesn't matter what station in life you have. Life is challenging. Life is challenging because do you remember back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned? What was the curse that came to Adam? The curse that came to Adam and all of us who are sort of uh, descended from Adam. The curse that came to Adam was the cursing of the ground and the work and and. and trying to sustain ourselves in life. The curse is the ground. God tells Adam when he sins, cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Life is hard. Work is hard. Taking care of our, ourselves is hard, right? And this is reality. This is our lot in a fallen world. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. My wife keeps telling me she wants to retire. I'm telling her, like, we'll be working till we're like 80, hon. Life is hard. and toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Jesus is not belittling the struggles of life. In fact, he tells us God knows what you need before you ask him. What Jesus is warning us, however, is that by overly focusing on taking care of ourselves, by overly focusing on trying to get by, we can unwittingly make our life, my well-being, being able to take care of myself and the ones I care for, we can make that the end goal in life. That becomes the treasure in which our hearts points to our well-being becomes 
the treasure. And our hearts begins to aim towards that rather than seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Our thoughts and energy and desires veer off the kingdom of God and God's heart and his vision for humanity and his love for us. And we start aiming about how we can take care of ourselves. Will I have enough? Can I have a comfortable retirement? I know you are young. You probably don't think about, well, most of us are younger. So you probably aren't thinking about retirement. But sooner or later, do I have enough to be comfortable when I retire? When we veer off, when, when taking care of ourselves, worrying about do I have enough, when that becomes the primary goal of our life, there are two things that happen. There are two ways that God warns us that we are off course. The first symptom of a life off course is that we begin to lose the ability to discern that which is most important from less important. Once again, verse 25, Jesus tells us, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink or what, or about your body, what you will wear. And then listen to this. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? In other words, when we begin to pursue the things just that are going to meet our needs, and when we're worried about how we're going to survive in this world, when we begin to veer off that course, we begin to lose the ability to discern what is truly important. What God is saying is, isn't life more important than food? Isn't the body more important than clothing? And if God has given you life, and if God has given you the body, won't he take care of everything else? If God is going to give you the greater thing, won't he also include the smaller thing? This is so important. One of the most, one of the clearest ways we know that our hearts and life trajectory is off course is when we begin to let our affections get out of order. When we begin to like, uh, when we begin to put too much energy and time into things that are less important. Do you do you guys know what I'm talking about? For example, right, when you see someone obsessed with, let's say, uh, what we would think is less important in life. For example, say like, I don't know why I'm thinking of this. I didn't particularly include this, but this just came in my head. Pokemons, right? Uh, how many of you think Pokemon is a very important thing that we should give our life to? Not many of us. It's trivial, right? So when we see someone who is willing to forsake their job, who's willing to let their health go, their children are crying for attention, and yet they're consumed with Pokemon. I don't know why I picked Pokemon, but Pokemon, capturing your Pokemon, there's something that goes, that, that's not right. If your house is on fire, a better, better illustration, your house is on fire, and you have someone you love that's in the building, and yet you go run in and you grab a vase 
you grab your phone rather than get that person who is in peril of dying in that fire, would not people look at you and say, you are mad, you are negligent, it is almost borderline criminal. And when we take these examples sort of in an exaggerated form, in hyperbolic form, it's easy to notice how crazy that is. To love something that we shouldn't love that much seems crazy. And yet what Jesus tells us is that when we begin to focus on worrying about taking care of ourselves rather than the kingdom of God, that is one of the symptoms that happens. We begin to value things and give affection and attention to things that don't deserve it as much as we are giving it. Is not life more than food? And is not the body more than clothing? And the second thing that happens when we try to soothe our anxieties about life, when we, when we veer off of pursuing God's kingdom and his righteousness, and we become consumed with our dreams and our goals and taking care of ourselves, the second thing that happens is that we actually become more anxious than before. Have you ever been to the beach where the sand is dry and you just try to take a big scoop of sand in your hand? What happens to that sand? It just slips through your fingers. Imagine, imagine life as you trying to constantly scoop up sand as if sand represented what you needed, the material things, the, the affirmations, uh, the things that drive you apart from God. The more you focus on this to sustain yourself, the more you focus on the things around you to soothe your anxieties, the more you say, I have to make this much money, I have to get this job, I have to live in this community, or I have to belong to a certain social group, or I have to have a certain level of success, or I have to this, or I have to that, I have to find the right person. When we start getting consumed with all of the things that we think will make our life full and happy, that will bring security and joy to us, it's like grabbing sand. The more you try to grab, the more it slips out of your finger, and the more desperate we become, and the more frenetic we get in trying to grab more and more sand, and it slips, slips, and slips. This is the picture of people who are pursuing things to try to satiate that big hole in their hearts. This is Southern California in a nutshell. This is many of us frenetic in our desire to pursue success and health and social status and material possessions, believing that it's going to relieve my anxiety about the future, to relieve my anxiety about my life. And God tells us it's like the more we grab, the more elusive it becomes. The more we rely on those things, the more anxious we actually become. So what does God say? God says, my dear children, I know what you need. If I take care of the birds and the flowers, if I take care of the small things, won't I take care of you? 
one that I gave my son to redeem. The best way to relieve our anxieties about life is to let God take care of us. It doesn't mean we don't work. It doesn't mean we just all of a sudden just lounge. That's not what it means. It means that our primary trust is in God who loves us and take cares, takes care of the bird and the grass and the flowers. Will he not take care of us? And instead of worrying about those things, what does God want us to do? He wants to align our hearts to pursue his kingdom and his righteousness. Let me summarize this with an illustration. God isn't really worried about, let me rephrase that. God is mostly concerned about the number one slot in your life. Imagine your life as a train. Imagine your life as a train of 100 cars. You know what I'm talking about? A train, there's a lead engine, and then there are 99 other cars attached to it. God's foremost desire for you is to get that first train heading towards the right way. If you make the first thing the first thing, if you make the most important thing the most important thing, that is the first train, the trains two through hundred will in its time find its place. We don't have to prioritize one through hundred every day. That's, that's not what God is teaching us. That's important to have right order in our life. But the most important thing is, is do you have the right first train in your life going in the right direction? And if you have that first train, the right first train and the right order going in the right direction, then trains two through a hundred, Jesus tells us, will take care of itself. This may sound repressive to some, but in reality, this is the most liberating and the most comforting word God can say to you. He's saying, aim your heart towards my kingdom and righteousness. Let me take care of you. You pursue that which is in my heart, which is to share the love of God. To live as forgiven people. To treasure Christ and God above all things. And if you align your heart towards that, God says, I will take care of everything else, two through a hundred. That is a word of comfort. That is the gospel. Let's pray. Father God, what I have failed to communicate perhaps as clearly as I should have, I ask now that your spirit would do so in, 
in ways that are beyond our understanding. Touch us, move us to recognize that we are in your hands. That if you take care of the birds in the air, if you take care of the grass and the flowers that I hear and gone the next day, how much more will you not take care of your children? So help us not to be consumed and worried about life, as hard as life is, but help us to align our hearts towards your gospel, your kingdom, and your righteousness, knowing that you will provide for us. And help us to get that first priority, the first train in our life set correctly, going towards the right path so that we may experience the fullness of joy in this life and the life to come. Lord, that is my prayer for all of us at THMCEM. May it be so. In Jesus' name we pray.